Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! Welcome to Old Walls House. It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's Old Walls. And I'm back with you, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 96 of Old Walls House coming your way. First of all, I want to say thank you, everybody. I appreciate you guys for coming back for another week, so thank you very much. I uh, appreciate all your support, everybody watching, listening, hanging out, doing all the stuff. So thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, that housekeeping, you know, we always do it. If you guys could. Please rate, please review, please comment, please subscribe, and please share. I would appreciate it to the end of this earth. Thank you very much. Uh, fun show coming. Halfway into the NFL season. Uh, coming down to the wire in college football. Got to talk some flyers. Got some passing thoughts. Uh, Thanksgiving talk. Bob Knight. Uh, PGA Tour news. So a whole lot of stuff in this episode. Just me, your main man, going solo. So before we get to it, before we get to it, Liquid IV. You know, this stuff isn't only for people training for championships and elite athletes and people doing marathons and shit like that. Because your boy sure as hell ain't doing all that. But if you're looking for proper, functional hydration, Liquid IV is the place to go. It's the number one powered hydration brand in the country. I love it. I use it every day. The packages are great. I like it for travel. And one stick in 16 ounces of water, two times faster hydration, and more efficient than water alone, five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and you got it, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, quality ingredients, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthy world. And they've donated over 39 million, 39 million servings in 50 plus countries. So here's what you do. You go to liquidiv.com or the link in the show notes below. If you want 20% off, you use promo code OWH. O for O, W for Walls, H for House. Promo code OWH, liquidiv.com. Go get it done. All right, on to the show. Week nine in the NFL, the National Football League, and uh, the Green Bay Packers are victorious and move to three and five. Uh, the Packers beat a just hapless, just terrible uh, L.A. Rams. Um, no Matt Stafford, he's out injured. Uh, Brett Rippon is leading the, the Rams into, into the famed Lambeau Field. And it was no good, for, no good for, for the Rams. It was a sloppy game to begin with. The Packers were fumbling again. You know, Mr. Butterfingers himself, Aaron Jones, let another one loose. Sloppy game. Two bad football teams. Like, two bad football teams. Um, and we've reached the point where wins or losses almost, I think. Like, I, I think if we're being honest with ourselves here as Packer fans in, in that world, um, wins or losses right now, I, I, I think. Um, there is a, a hell of a stretch Coming up here for the Packers, uh, they're, they're going to face the Steelers in Pittsburgh. They're going to host the Chargers. They're going to go to the Lions on Thanksgiving on a short week and then come out of that and uh, the Chiefs come to town for Sunday night football. Those are four games that are pretty losable. Like they're, I mean, obviously we know how it went against the Lions at the start of the year. Chiefs had a big win. We'll get to them more later here, but... I guess there's a couple, like, you could see him sneaking one out against the Steelers and sneaking one out against the Chargers. I don't know. It's a weird spot. I say losses or wins, and then you look at the schedule, and um, it, before I get to that, let's say this. They moved back two spots in the draft, in the in the projected draft order. Week's not done yet, but they went from fifth back to seventh. I thought it was going to be worse. I thought three to five spots was what it could have done. But... They would have jumped up a little bit. I can look and see what uh, what a two and six team looks like, as opposed to a, a three and five team. 
two and six is gonna be. Uh, yeah, they would have been six though. They actually didn't move too much as much as I thought they were gonna. They were fifth, but now they're back to seventh. So, I say all that, and you look back at the season. <clears throat> they lost games to the Falcons in a game they absolutely choked. The Falcons scored 13 points in, in the fourth quarter. That's a game they should have won. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They should have beat the Denver Broncos, and they probably should have beat the Raiders as well. They stole one against the Saints, so, you know, toss that. So just flip two wins, and all of a sudden they're 5-3. and three. Which I think is pretty realistic. They should have... You know what? Just remove the Falcons games and the Saints games because they kind of stole one. I mean, there was a missed field goal at that Falcons game. And throw the Saints game away because they stole that too. Or the, with the Saints. The Saints was the missed field goal. Either way. Throw those two out because they're a real tight one. They also lost to the Raiders by less than a touchdown, four points. And then the Broncos by two points. Two bad teams. The Raiders have kind of found new life. Uh, in a coaching change, there was a team meeting where everybody aired it all out. But the Packers could like, <clears throat> and I'm you know I'm not a guy who's out here like who thinks more of this team than than what it is. If anything, I probably think the team's worse than it's being portrayed. They could pretty easily be five and three, and I don't know six and two if all the breaks go their way. Like they weren't going to beat the Lions, and they got the shit kicked out of them by the Vikings, who were hot at the time. I mean, 5-3, and 6-2, that's wild. And then you're thinking, hey, man, man, if you could steal a game between the Steelers and the Chargers, you get to 6-3, and three, and you throw the other way. You're 6-6. Six and six. But then you look at the back end of this Packers schedule. The Giants stink. The Bucks have lost, I think, four in a row now. The Panthers are not good. Who knows what's going to happen with the Vikings. They caught some magic in a bottle this week. And then the Bears stink. So there's four games at the end of the season that are very winnable. If you were 5-3 and three at this point, you got to 6. I mean, this is a team that could have been looking at 10 wins. Now, in this at this point, you know, you got to steal the next two against the Steelers and Chargers. If those games are losses, I mean, it's tank mode. I know it's kind of been tank mode from the start, in my opinion, but, like, that sinks it in. Like, if you come out of Steelers and Chargers and you're 3-7 and seven and not 5-5... Five and five, Oof, oof da, oof da. And then you go Lions, Chiefs, and then you can be three and nine real, real fast. And then, then you're gonna win four fucking games at the end. See, my my biggest worry is they steal a game between the Steelers and Chargers, lose to the Lions and Chiefs, and now all of a sudden, you know, like I said, you're th four and eight, and then they win some of these games coming home against you know Giants, Bucks. Panthers, Vikings. It's five games down the, the year, by the way. I can't count. Uh, Bears. And all of a sudden, they finish like 7-10, and 8-9. and nine, Instead of just, you know, sucking. Just sucking. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of get locked into another year of this next year. So, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what to think, man. I mean, they've... It's one game. The Rams are terrible. All of that said, I expect... I mean, T.J. Watt is going to fucking live in the backfield uh, on Sunday. I, I expect them to lose the games to the Steelers, to the Chargers, to the Lions, to the Chiefs before we get to those last five games. I, I'm, I'm fully expecting a 3-9 and nine team coming down the stretch. And I still don't see them winning five straight games at the end of the year. I think you're looking at 6-11, and 5-12. and 5-12 uh, and 12 be more preferable. I'm in the I'm in the belief that we need picks, we need high picks, and we got to do things. We got to do things. We got to do lots of things. Uh, <clears throat> just just elsewhere, just in watching the Packers, uh, I, Romeo Dobbs has looked pretty good in, in spots, and I just keep thinking to myself, if he could consistently catch the football and hang on to the football, he's got some potential to do something to be to be a good player. Uh, Jaden Reed has shown some potential. Uh, I think he has shown that, the, that he could be a piece moving forward with Dobbs. 
the catch is what has happened to Christian Watson? You know, he's been banged up. He, you know, he fell over and broke his entire upper body. Was listed as things that were were an issue after he tried to go get a catch. And I mean, he's just disappeared. I think he, I think he caught a pass at one point. It was his first pass reception over twenty yards all year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just like he's just disappeared. And you know how much is how much of it is that is love? Like love just can't throw the ball downfield. The play where Christian Watson got hurt, he was wide open, and there was a way to throw the ball out to the edge, kind of maybe bring him back a little bit and keep it away from the defender. But he threw it. He threw him into the middle of the field, overthrew him right into a defender. And it's like, man, he, he was there. He was there. Uh, so I'm, obviously, I'm still not sold on love. Uh, that said, that said, and again, this was the Rams, and the Rams are bad. Like, without Matt Stafford, this is a terrible football team, and you can see that. And they're not a great football team with Matt Stafford. Let's, like, get that straight. So, so, so that's there. But the formula for what the Packers did on Sunday is the formula to how this team should have been. Aaron Jones got 20 carries. He got some more uh, more more touches out of the pass game. Ran the hell out of the ball. The defense played good, again, against the Rams. But, again, this is the formula. Love, I think he was 20 of 26. Like, that's, that's how you be successful with this team, is you run the shit out of it, and Love doesn't throw it over 30 times. Like, there's none of this, we're chucking the ball deep 40, and not even deep, we're just trying to throw it 40 times a game. Yeah, love, 20-26, 228 for one touchdown. Again, I'm not sold on him I, 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 at all. At all! But that was the formula. That was the formula. Haven't, haven't spoke to, to you people out there in the world since the trade deadline. What an odd trade deadline. Like, I, I mentioned Aaron Jones, Preston Smith, Razul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon. One trade. One trade. Razul Douglas. They're like, oh, we just, it was a, it was an offer too good to refuse. It was a third rounder. And I know that you don't get a lot for a lot of players in the NFL outside of, like, quarterbacks, essentially. But if you're willing to deal Razul Douglas... What you have under contract next year isn't a huge cap hit. Why not more? Like, why not, like, be aggressively shopping a little more? Like, there's teams out there, like, that would want to do things. Like, the Eagles and the 49ers are always trying to do something. There's other teams. The Cowboys probably want to add some pieces. I don't know. It, It felt weird to me. Felt weird. Felt weird. Um, I think that's... About the about the end of the Packers stuff, so we can kind of roll into the rest of the NFL. You know, we started we started Sunday, good old fashioned, right bright and early. Chiefs and Dolphins, Chiefs bounce back after you know after a little bit of concern. Uh, the Chiefs are back, man. They they they're okay. Like we don't need to panic. Uh, the panic button does not need to be hit as we come into a stellar showdown next Monday night. Uh, the Chiefs. And the Eagles, and it's not next Monday night. It's two Mondays from now. The Chiefs and the Eagles, so that the Chiefs get a bye coming off the uh, the game over in Germany. Do the Dolphins also have a bye? They sure do. That's yeah. I mean, that's the smart thing to do, obviously. Um, but yeah, so the Chiefs, we're okay. We're okay. If you're a Chiefs fan out there, I think you, I think you're breathing fine. Like no need to get all get all worked up. Um, you get a bye week. You get the Eagles. Then you go to the Raiders. You got the Packers. You got a nice, a nice stretch there. You're gonna be just fine before you kind of finish up with some some tough teams late in the season. You got the Bills, Bengals, and Chargers in the last five weeks. I keep saying the Chargers like they're a good team, and I, I don't know though. Maybe they're not. Like we got the Chargers tonight here shortly on Monday Night Football, heading to New York. <clears throat> Uh, we'll see. We'll see what we see out of Rogers tonight. Is Rogers going to be out on the field uh, the second uh, Monday night appearance for the uh, for the the Jets this year? The last one, obviously, Rogers goes down. But yeah, we'll see. Well, I keep saying like the Chargers are good. They're they're three and four. Like if they don't beat this Jets team, maybe they're not very good. Maybe they have bigger issues. 
Uh, but you know, back to the back to the Chiefs and Dolphins. Um, you know, as we can take a breath on the Chiefs, what about the Dolphins, man? We, we've talked about this before. They're six and three now. They're in a good spot. They're atop their division. Uh, the Bills—they've got a game lead on the Bills. They got the Jets out there following them around too, but they haven't beat an opponent with a winning record since week three of last year. In two weeks, they're going to play the Raiders, who who could be a 500 team by that point. Then after that, they're going to play the Jets, then the Commanders. All of those teams can be like around 500, but could all be under 500 by that point. I mean, what's the next, you know, surefire Cowboys, Ravens, Bills at the end of the year? And Bills, man... I mean, they've had, <clears throat> they're playing a tough schedule, but, I mean, those three teams at the end of the year. So, you, you kind of got a question. At least I'm questioning. Are the are the Dolphins for real? I mean, I know, again, you can only beat who's in front of you, right? But when push comes to shove recently, they're not beating the better teams in front of you. So, something to think about. Something to think about. Obviously, you know, they scored 70, but they played a tight game with the Patriots. They got their asses kicked by the Bills. You know, they, they hung around with the Eagles, but I don't know. It's, it's something to consider. Something to consider. Uh, another thing to consider is the fact that the Baltimore Ravens are a good goddamn football team. Really good, right? Like, they just, again, embarrass a team that is supposed to be good uh destroy the seahawks boat race season for them boat race season when they play these good teams i mean i'm saying the good teams like do we know if if the lions and the seahawks are good i don't know but they've been on a roll they had a, a kind of a tough start they lose to the colts early in the season um they play a tight one with a banged up Bengals team you know Drop one to the Steelers, but then since they dropped that game to the Steelers, good win over the Titans, uh, smoke the Lions, uh, escape the Cardinals. Cardinals play everybody tough, though. And then just boat race the Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm buying on the Ravens. I am buying Ravens stock. And I know I've gone wishy-washy with them a couple of times this year, and I wonder about Lamar sometimes, but I think, I think we're good. I think I'm buying. Going to find out a lot next two weeks. Browns, Bengals, divisional matchups, both at home. Uh, Bengals, Ravens is Thursday night in a couple weeks. So uh, a good Thursday night game. How about it? How about it? So uh, the Seahawks, though, the Seahawks. Are the Seahawks good? Is Geno good? Is Geno right and back or no? Um, they... You know, are still tied for the lead in their conf in their division with the 49ers. I mean, I think we all think the 49ers are a better team. But Geno hasn't been the player he was last year. So is that kind of an outlier year? He wasn't a great player, you know, going into that year. You know, an <clears throat> another team with a question mark. And hey, having a question mark at this point in the season isn't necessarily a terrible thing. I wouldn't say it's a good thing. But it's not a bad thing. Like, there's teams without question marks. It's the Rams. It's the Packers. It's the Bears. It's the Giants. Uh, you know, you go over to the AFC. It's the Patriots. The Broncos, who have won two in a row and are three and five all of a sudden. But I think they're still pretty bad. It, you know, the NFC, the AFC South isn't a great division. But, but, there are some, some exciting things going on. So, not necessarily a bad thing. Um... Biggest game of the weekend, probably Eagles-Cowboys. I started off the game saying, God damn, the Eagles are a good fucking football team. And then later in the game, I was questioning some play calls. Uh, they got pinned on the, the you know the one-inch line. They tush-pushed their way out of it. The next thing you know, we're dropping back. Like, your line is good. Run the ball a couple fucking times to get yourself out of there. Fuck you're just getting three yards on the tush push. Fucking tush push four four fucking times. Pick up twelve yards, and now you got some actual breathing room. 
I ended up putting that back. So, questionable play calling, I thought, at the end. And man, oh man, oh man, did the Cowboys have their chances. Obviously, uh, the the touchdown that's overturned and, you know, the guy's down at the inch line, uh, there was, you know, an argument to be made that that uh, could be considered uh, pass interference for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, and then, you know, another one, and this had, you know, ripple effect later in the game. Dak steps out of bounds. You think he gets, I mean, he gets a two-point conversion. He gets it. But not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. Hold the phones. He was out of bounds. He had stepped out of bounds on the two-point conversion. Oh, so instead of being down three, they're down five. Now they got to score a touchdown at the end. Oh, and they throw it short of the, the end zone at the very end. But, you know, hey, they're in field goal position at that point. They can send it to overtime. You know, the Eagles' defense has to play a little different. Maybe the Eagles' defense makes a mistake. And they bust one. Oh, so the Eagles escape. Coach Jeffy wants to, to cut Dak Prescott. I, I might pump the brakes there. I think I don't think Dak's the biggest problem. But it's uh, it's weird, man. The Cowboys just have just are, are stuck, not being able to get over the hump. Uh, five and three this year, and obviously trailing in the NFC East. <clears throat> you know, dropped a weird one to the Cardinals. Get just destroyed by the 49ers. Not the biggest worry in the world. And then lose one to the the Eagles here. They've got a decent little stretch here of some decent games before we, we circle back around to them on Sunday Night Football in December <coughs> with the Eagles. And then they have a stretch of Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. Wowza. Wowza. Bank up some wins in the next four weeks. Excuse me. Yeah, so bank up some wins in the next four weeks because it's about to, it's going to be tough at the end of the year for them. Uh, Bengals? The Bengals? I, talk about a team I am buying on. The Cincinnati Bengals, they get a convincing win over the uh, over the Bills last night on Sunday Night Football. Funny enough, they are technically dead last. Dead last in their... Uh, in the uh, in the division uh, behind the the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens, but is it possible? What is the? I saw I saw something. I think there's a playoff standings. Did I save that screenshot? Like a playoff picture? No, of course I didn't. Why would I do that? That would just make too much sense for me to do that. Let me see AFC playoff picture. But yeah, they're they're back, man. Joe Burrow's healthy, and that's. That's the deal, and they're a good football team. They are currently the last team in in the seventh spot. Uh, that means all four teams of the AFC North are currently in the playoffs to go with the Dolphins, Jaguars, Ravens, and Chiefs. How about that? How about that? Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, some other fun games from around the league. Uh, Josh Dobbs finds himself playing quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. He got into town on Wednesday. He he leads the the comeback for them as they as they secure a victory over the Falcons and move to five and four, staying within shouting distance in the NFC North uh, of the Lions. So you know they're they're hanging around, hanging around. Uh, in probably the most fun game of the day, and maybe of the year so far, uh, the uh, Houston Texans and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have just an absolute barn burner. Uh, the Texans have a running back kicking field goals. Not just kicking extra points, he's kicking field goals. Uh, Baker Mayfield is leading the Bucs down the field with 46 seconds left. I got the Bucs. In a, uh, I got him getting two and a half. I'm like, yes, 46 seconds. Yes, they got to go score a touchdown. Not happening. Mm, it's happening. C.J. Stroud leads them right back down the fucking field and scores with 10 seconds to spare. C.J. Stroud had, threw for 470 yards, breaking the rookie passing record for Andrew Luck. C.J. Stroud is having a hell of a year. 
He's the the runaway favorite for for rookie of the year, uh, and just playing fantastic football. And you know, good for him. He's got he's got the Texans to five hundred uh, after a start that looked like you know it wasn't going to be great. They're just a couple games back of the Jags down there in that AFC South. Don't don't write them off. Don't write them off. Uh, but the all-time greatest cover of my life, and I've had these things go the other way. Bucks getting two and a half. Score makes it uh, 39-37. They're going to come in and kick the extra point, obviously, right? Make it a three-point game. Nope. No, they're not. They are not going to do that because they don't have a kicker. And they don't want something weird to happen with a block kick returned the other way. So what do they do? My guys from the Houston Texans, they take a knee. They give up a free point, and I cover the two and a half. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, First time in a while I got one of those to go my way. Uh, Just beautiful. Just B-E-A. Beautiful. Uh, Just run through the score. Steelers Thursday night get a win over the Titans. Uh, Again, the Steelers are a team I... Just don't think it's for real every week, and then they find ways to win, despite Kenny Pickett. Uh, Bears beat, lose the Saints. They still stink. Commanders beat the Patriots. Patriots still stink. Colts beat the Panthers. The Panthers still stink. Brown beats the Cardinals. Cardinals still stink. Raiders, new coach, uh, beat the Giants. Who, you want to guess? Still stink. Uh, so, ran through the AFC playoff picture. Let's uh, let's jump over to the NFC. Uh, Eagles in that one spot. Uh, your your hosts in the first round would be the Lions, 49ers, and Saints. And then you have the Seahawks, Cowboys, and Vikings filling out the rest of the uh, rest of the playoff picture. So uh, halfway through the NFL season, uh, it's sad that it's already halfway over, but gosh, it's been fun. It's been fun so far. So pretty cool. And let's go over to the college football world. You know, the pigskin... Uh, played by the the Utes, the gentlemen in school, the student athletes. <laughs> Fucking bullshit term. So yeah, the student athletes are out there. Uh, Texas. Let's start with Texas. They survive. Kansas State was busting ass to get back in that game and send it to overtime. And uh, you know, without Quinn Ewers, they didn't quite look the same. And you know, but but survive in advance. And you know what? They are in a good spot in the Big 12 now because Bedlam, Bedlam happened down there in Stillwater in the uh, Oklahoma State-Oklahoma matchup. I'm a man. I'm 40. Mike Gundy leads OK State over uh, with a big win over Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's uh, national title hopes are now dashed, you would have to think. Um, you know, maybe maybe a two-loss two Big 12 team gets in if they beat uh, if they beat Texas in the you know in the title game. Let me see what the uh, Big 12 standings look like. Who else they're gonna have to have to contend with? Well, Oklahoma State's out ahead of them now. Uh, also, Kansas and Kansas State at four and two, as well as West Virginia and Iowa State. Quite the upper half of the Big 12. Uh, Cincinnati not having a good time at 0-6. Georgia. Georgia was tested. Uh, Can we talk about the ridiculous fact that Ohio State was ranked uh, number one ahead of Georgia this year? Um, You know, obviously I just watched Ohio State play Penn State. And, well, they beat Penn State, I don't want to say easily, but they were in control of that game for the most part. And it's a good win for them. But it was a home win. I just don't know how we put them above Georgia. Uh, I just feel like Georgia's been more tested along the way. Uh, but Georgia gets a test from Mizzou. Uh, and they, they survived that. They move on. Um, also, you know, as you go around kind of that top five, uh, Washington gets tested by USC in a game where nobody was interested in playing any fucking defense. Uh, so they, they win in advance. You know, again, elsewhere that top five, six, range. Michigan wins, Florida State wins, Ohio State, Oregon all win. So, you know, everything progresses. You know, we got uh, we got a couple teams here uh, on the edge of something. You know, if all those guys win out, somebody's got to stay home. Oregon and Washington almost assuredly going to play each other again. Uh, can Florida State hang on 
and, and finish out the year uh, undefeated. You know, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other. Uh, so a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff down the end. And Alabama is not not going quietly into the night themselves. They they lead the SEC West uh, and have a have a matchup set for themselves with Georgia. If they can win out, uh, they are playing. Uh, Old Miss is playing Georgia this week, so I mean if. If Alabama, I mean, if, if Georgia wins that game, it gives Alabama a two um, uh, a two game cushion in the standings uh, over Ole Miss as well as sorry, I just flipped away from here to look at some as well as LSU, who they also have a victory over. Who does Alabama play next week? But yeah, they are they're hanging around. They're just hanging around. Head to Kentucky. They head to Kentucky. What's what's the rest of Alabama's schedule? We got to play some bullshit team in here soon. Uh, yes, uh, Chattanooga, Kentucky, Chattanooga, and then at Auburn, who is kind of down this year, it appears. So, uh, what else happened? Clemson, Clemson with an upset over Notre Dame. Uh, so Notre Dame now falls to three losses. Any outside hope that they could sneak into the playoff now? For sure, it gone. It was probably pretty close to gone to begin with. But uh, for sure gone now. And then, you know, Penn State, tough one. Maryland, uh, you know, tough game. But, you know, it's... As we move to the Penn State portion of this discussion, of this program, <clears throat> it's all... It's, it's again, it's all comes down to this this year. Um, failed test number one with Ohio State. And test number two is here. It's It's Michigan. It's Michigan's coming to Beaver Stadium. It's a home game. You know, you wish that game could be a night game and could be the whiteout, but uh, Fox likes the, you know, that big noon uh, setup. So, uh, you know, that's that's the deal. You, you got to deal with that. So, 8-1, and one, the undefeated uh, Michigan Wolverines are coming in. By the way, <clears throat> before we get into that, while we're on Michigan, should I, should I care more about a dude stealing signs, like, in the stadium? Like, if that's the way I understand it, a guy is going to the stadium, watching the other team, and coming back and being like, okay, when they do this, it leads to this play. Why am I supposed to care? I, I don't know. Like, seriously. Like, what's... Why? I just... Honestly, I'm just... I don't care. Like, if they're, like, videotaping their practice, Spygate style, like, yeah, now I care. If they're, like, stealing headsets things, but that's not how it works in the college. <clears throat> but, like, you're telling me this big, bad, um, you know, world-ending scandal for Michigan is that they sent a guy to other stadiums to watch the game and then report back, like if that's what happened, and that I mean, I haven't got done a huge deep dive into it, but if that's if that's it, I don't care at all. Do not care. Like that is dumb. And if you're trying to get me excited over that, sorry, not happening. But <clears throat> anyway, back to Penn State. Number three, Michigan, coming to town. They need some craziness to happen, even if they do pull this off. But, like, this is your moment. Again, I, I had, we had the same discussion last time. And I talk about how James Franklin's overrated. He can't win the big one. This team's, you know, is it time to fire him and just go and try a different strategy? He can't coach. He can recruit, but he can't coach for shit. I can be shut the fuck up really fast. Just win this game. Win this game. Pray to God, Michigan can beat Ohio State, and then what is it we need? <laughs> and then, then you got to get. It basically comes down to um, like six teams. I found it. <clears throat> okay, so if Penn State can beat Michigan, Michigan can beat Ohio State. Three-way tie atop the Big Ten East. It comes down to the record. Of the Big Ten West opponents. So for Michigan, it's Nebraska, Minnesota, Purdue. 
Ohio State is Purdue, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And then Penn State, nobody like the other, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern. So, we root for Purdue to lose. We need both of those things to happen. And you root for Minnesota to lose. Wisconsin and Nebraska would be nice touches too. But Purdue and Minnesota are, you know, those are the cherry on top because they cover both guys. And then you need Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern to start pulling awesome wins. Now, you don't have to worry about any of that shit if Penn State can't get it done. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think they get it done. I don't think they get it done. What's the line? I think the line's like three and a half right now. <clears throat> four and a half. Penn State's getting four and a half points at home. Take Michigan, man. They're going to cover. They're going to win by two touchdowns. And Penn State goes 10-2. and two. We'll go to some New Year's Six Bowl. We'll play, you know, the, the worst, uh, you know, Non, let's let's. There's usually bowl predictions. Let's look. It's like we'll play the worst conference champion from a that didn't make the playoffs, and and that's how it'll go. Let's see if they have bowl projections right here. All right, you gotta go down to the bottom because they start Florida Gators. Are they even gonna make a bowl? Is one of these coaching changes? Transfer portal. How far did I go? What did I do? I thought I was looking at Bowl. Peach Bowl. Yeah, Ole Miss, Penn State. Jesus, fucking Ole Miss is going to fucking dominate them if that happens. Huh. Okay. Whatever. Again, just win. Just win and then guys like me have to shut the fuck up. Even if you win and don't get into the Big Ten East uh, Big Ten title game because of a tiebreaker, I still have to shut the fuck up. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think I'm going to be on here next week with the same old song and dance. Just, I'm, I haven't worked my hopes up this time. I'm just going to be like, hey, told you, told you. Prove me wrong. For once in my life, Penn State, prove me wrong. Hockey time. Flyers. Flyers. Interesting week. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. Highs and lows. Peaks and valleys. You know, lots of, lots of, lots, lots happening. Uh, Monday night. Monday night. They played. The Carolina Hurricanes, really tough, man. Um, had the lead, had a 2-1 lead at one point. Um, just a, a game that the Hurricanes are a, they're a force of nature out there, man. Like, the way they play hockey, they are aggressive and bringing pressure at all times. Like, just bringing pressure. They're aggressive on power play defense. Like, it's, it's a... It's a different brand of hockey than I'm used to watching, watching the Flyers, who obviously have not been good the past couple of years. And it was fun trying to see the Flyers match that. Oh my gosh, I am just smoking my my uh, my boom arm here. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the, the Carolina Hurricanes, they, they pull one out. They scored in like the last four or five minutes. I can't exactly remember. Uh, but it was a good showing from the Flyers. And like I said, they're tough, man. I, I mean, I know they're only like 6-4 and four right now, but that that level of energy they bring. Uh, and I remember listening to uh, Shkai, Shkai, Brady Shkai, Brady Shea. It's like S-K-J-I-E. He's a defenseman for the Hurricanes on like the Spit and Chickless podcast like a year or two ago. And he talked about how their coach, Rob Brindamore, is like one of the most fit, in-shape person Ever so, it's like if your coach is that much of a badass and like in that greatest shape, like it's tough to not be in that shape, like on the team as well. So, excuse me again. Oof, I'm dealing with something in my throat here. Uh, but yeah, some tough loss to them, and then they just follow it up uh, a couple days later on Wednesday and just get their fucking the brake speed off them by the Buffalo Sabers, and then they flip that around on Friday and just smack the shit out of the Buffalo Sabres right back in one of these weird NHL things where they do back-to-backs. And, you know, it was just a peak and a valley. A peak and a valley. A valley and a peak. And then, you know, we followed up on Saturday, a back-to-back. Obviously, you know, tough tough thing to do in in hockey, back-to-back, but just got the ever-loving hell beat out of us by the Kings. Um, Cal Peterson was in the goal that night. 
so, you know, with um, what's-his-face, can't think of it right now. Oh, gosh. He, he came, up with, came up a little lame the other night. Um, oh, gosh. Why can't I think of his name? Hang on. Let me look back. I'll find him. I'll find him. Carter Hart. Carter Hart had an injury, so I think he, it appears he hasn't played. So, uh, yeah. So, just ups and downs. Ups and downs. Um, I think they are kind of regressing back to what they, they're going to be. They kind of got a little hot start. They're 4-4-1 now. Uh, middle of the pack. Middle of the bottom of the pack. Yeah, bottom of the pack here. In the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they're they're getting outscored. Oh, sorry, 5-6-1. 5-6-1. I saw 4-4-1 at some point. That must have been what they started the week. So, you know, 11 points. Um, that's six back at the division lead, which obviously is going to become a larger and larger gap, uh, no doubt here. Uh, what are they in the, the playoff race? Where would they fall in the wild card? <clears throat> uh, 12 points. Just a point back of that, but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it won't be good, but you know they've they've been competitive in games, which has been nice. Uh, West Coast swing coming up this week, so uh, your boy won't be seeing uh, much, if at all, of any of these games. Uh, the San Jose Sharks tomorrow, who stink, I believe. I believe they are terrible. Uh, yeah, they haven't won a game yet, so let's not be the first one. Let's not be the first one. Uh, then they got the Ducks and the Kings, who obviously just beat the shit out of us. I don't think the Ducks are great, or am I... The Ducks are okay. The Ducks are pretty solid, actually. <clears throat> and then the Kings, uh, about the same. A little better than the Ducks, maybe even. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Flyers for this week. Time for some passing thoughts. First of all, uh, got a spike in, in listeners in Singapore. Singapore, of all places. Um, it's always the weirdest thing when I have, uh, you know, listeners spotted all over. Uh, one of our listeners was trying to take credit for it, and, you know, I listed out that there's over 26 uh, different places that have been listening. He hasn't been to Singapore lately, so uh, he's not taking credit for that. So for those of you uh, coming to us live from Singapore, uh, welcome. Welcome to Old Wall's house. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, if let me know if you if you if you guys are listening still, or maybe you just were buzzing through a bunch of episodes, and now you said fuck that, this guy sucks. Possible, uh, but if you're still hanging around, shoot me a message, oldwallshouse at gmail.com. Let me know how you found it. I'd be interested. <clears throat> uh, first, had the first Thanksgiving of the year. I think I'm just having two this year, but uh, did Thanksgiving with the in-laws this weekend. Uh, Thanksgiving is a is a is a my family holiday in the. Uh, in the Wallenberg house here, the, the roommate's family gets Christmas and, and my family gets uh, Thanksgiving. So we do, you know, opposite, we don't do, like, we don't try and do like the both in the same day bullshit. We just like give somebody else another, a weekend. So uh, I love Thanksgiving dinner. Had me one of them drum, drumsticks or wings or whatever you want to call it. Was munching on that. Uh, some apple pie, mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy. Oh, and I'm going to have some leftovers for dinner this week. And guess what? In a couple more weeks, I get to do it all over again, and it's fantastic. So those of you out there who say Thanksgiving food isn't good, you guys suck. No one needs to listen to you ever. Thanksgiving food rules. It rules, people. And if you got a problem with that, I don't know. I mean, don't don't come see me or anything. Like, I don't want, I don't want to talk to you. Like, if you don't like Thanksgiving food... For those of those of you who already like, like who I'm already have friendships with that dislike Thanksgiving food, I guess I'm kind of stuck with you. But like, I'm not trying to like start any new friendships with people who don't like Thanksgiving food. So fuck off, fuck off. Um, so I got uh, I got a new Wi-Fi modem and router, and modem's not as hard. I mean, it's a pain in the ass for me to set up because I don't have good cell phone service. So I use Wi-Fi to make calls and get on the internet and do all the apps and shit. <clears throat> well, when they want you to set everything up via an app, that makes it a pain in the ass. But at least once you get the, the modem going, it's just, you know, plug and play. The router. When you're, you know, changing Wi-Fi password and stuff. <clears throat> and you forget how much shit you have connected to Wi-Fi anymore. TVs, iPads, phones, um... Uh, you know, cameras, like all this shit is all connecting. You're just 
walking around, changing this, re-signing in that, typing out the same stupid password with 67 different letters and four numbers every three spaces. Like, it's just a pain in the ass. Like, we are just really tied to Wi-Fi and technology anymore. It is, it's kind of wild, like, how much shit is tied into it. Uh, you think about, like, you haven't figured out and you don't. And I'm literally talking about this right now. And it's been nice out today, so I've had the wind. Like, it's a beautiful day. And, and I just remembered that my fucking thermostat is plugged into my Wi-Fi. So that shit ain't working. That shit ain't working. I'm going to have to go fix that. So, incredible. I mean, we speak about how great the weather was. Trick or treat was just this past week. The weather was cold as shit. It was so cold. I was sitting on my porch with a blanket over me and a hoodie and a vest and gloves. Good God, it was cold. I'll tell you what. Some of those kids are fucking punks. Like, just absolute dick faces. And then on the other side, some of the kids are sweethearts. Super polite, just very respectful. So, you know, I guess you, you can't you can't judge everybody by the same, you know, by one group. Because there are some real dickhead little kids out there. And then there's some real just sweethearts who are just very polite, um, respectful, uh, you know, really, really just being good kids, and then you got just assholes. So, uh, also, also from the trick or treat world, fucking Reese's cups rule, man. Reese's cups are probably my favorite candy. That or a Reese's fast break. But same, same theory. Uh, you know, chocolate peanut butter. Get those two fucking mixed up. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. That's the best candy bar, for sure. Uh, these people who like like Skittles and Starburst, and lollipops, and crap like that. I mean, the roommate got, like, a bag of, like, Starburst and Skittles, and I was like, oh, God, really? Why? Like, you, you get to that house, and you're like, this place sucks. Of course, you know what everyone was picking? They were getting down for the Reese's Cups and the Snickers and all the good stuff, and they were left with the Skittles and the Starbucks and all that crap. Um, oh, there were some people out there handing out full-size candy bars. Your boy's poor, so that ain't happening. I'm looking for value here. For value for just giving away candy one night a year. Uh, Bob Knight passed away. Uh, R.I.P. Bob Knight. Uh, one of the greatest uh, basketball coaches ever. Uh, kind of revolutionized the motion offense. Uh, quite controversial in his own right. I mean... Uh, grabbed a, a player around the neck, allegedly, uh, threw a chair across the court, um, you know, constant outbursts on the sidelines, uh, screaming at players, officials. Um, screaming at players isn't the, that the biggest deal in the world, I don't think. Uh, I mean, my favorite coach I ever had in any sport uh, screamed at me up and down, and I'll tell you to this day, he's the greatest coach I ever had, and I'd swear by him, and you know, if someone bitches at, you know, says, oh, you yell at a kid too much, fuck off. Like, if you're being constructive with it, you can yell and scream all you want and, you know, your players love you. And, um, I'll stand by that to this day. That's, he's the best coach I ever had. And he was screaming at me all the time, all the time. Great guy, great coach. So I don't have a problem with that. There were a couple things Bob Knight did uh, that were a little interesting to say the least. Um, I still think his, his good probably outweighs his bad. Uh, very revered by almost all of his players. There's always some players that are going to hate you. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, almost almost all of his players love by him, swear by him, uh, think he was an incredible coach, an incredible guy. <clears throat> there were lots of people who come out and, and speaking very highly of him. So um, while there's definitely some things to, uh, to, you know, to nitpick about him, I mean, he demanded perfection and poise and, and respectfulness and and didn't really exhibit it so i mean that's that's a flaw but uh there was some there was a lot of good things and you know i only hope that they buried him upside down so uh all his critics could kiss his ass uh, that's that's all you can hope for for him uh i don't know why this i don't know what i was doing at the time but this was one of my notes for this week was when is it too cold to golf i don't know what led me to put that in there uh, I don't even remember doing it, but apparently I was wondering when it is too cold to golf. Uh, for me, it's anytime under 50 degrees. I'm really not that interested in playing golf. So, that, I guess that's all I got. <laughs> I guess that's all I got. Um, heard the first Christmas song of the year on November 1st, like the day after Halloween. I was driving to the gym or the store or something, and they were playing fucking Christmas songs. Like, just 
Chill, man. Chill. Thanksgiving's the best holiday ever. Um, Christmas is moving up in, in my books because they're playing football on it now. But Thanksgiving's the best. Like, let's not just blow through that. Someone write some fucking Thanksgiving songs. Talking about turkey and booze and, and food and pies. Gosh. Let's just, not, let's just not skip Thanksgiving. It's the best holiday, people. It's the best holiday. For sure. Thanksgiving, best holiday. Book it. Book it. <clears throat> I'm losing my mind about Thanksgiving a lot today. Kind of weird. Not going to lie. Uh, I did notice this. Drinking some beers yesterday watching football. As is, you know, kind of a normal thing for me on Sunday. And I'm drinking uh, a Dogfish. They're 60-minute IPA. <clears throat> and I think to myself, you know, Dogfish, good beer. Like, room, my roommate was out the store. I said, hey, just grab me a sixth of an IPA. So I'm drinking the Dogfish, and I think, you know, I love smaller craft beer places. My probably favorite beer in the world came out of a brewery that at the time had just like a a storefront tasting room. <clears throat> you could do a little bit of food there. I mean, the place probably held 100 people. Maybe. Maybe. No. Not even 100. Maybe 70. 60? I mean, if you jam-packed it, 60 or 70. Um, but a small place. They've since expanded and grown bigger and, and do more shipping, I think, stuff. But like, So I love a good small brewery, and I love going to good small breweries. But like, there's going to be spots and beers that are hit or miss there. Like, There is something... To the consistency of like a dogfish, uh, a Lagunitas, you know, something like that. Your, your larger brand uh, uh, beer companies that, you know, produce a better beer in IPA. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a Bush Light. I love a Miller Light. Uh, Coors Light's not my favorite. Bud Light's never been my favorite. But like, there, there's something to consistency and like always knowing that this one's going to be good. Like you just go and you're like, yep, this is going to be good. And I guess as many times as anybody else, I grab a random six pack and I'm like, I'm going to try it. <coughs> and sometimes it sucks. Like, it's just bad. There is there is something to consistency. Um, what else here? Oh, I don't hate daylight savings time. Like, I know it gets dark earlier, and that sucks. But, like, it's also not getting, like, light at 745. That also sucks. Like, in the winter, it's just not bright out very long. Like, that just sucks. So, like... I'm not going to be out here, like, having a strong opinion on, <laughs> on like, daylight savings time. I just don't, I just don't got nothing. I just don't hate it. Would I prefer it stayed lighter longer? Yeah, absolutely. But the sun thing, like, moves. And, like, we don't have control of that. So, like, sometimes we're going to move it. And, yeah, sometimes it gets darker earlier. But, like, I would prefer, you know, and again, time's a weird thing. Like, it gets lighter where I live now, it, earlier in the morning than it did where I lived growing up. Like, in Pennsylvania, like, northeastern Pennsylvania, like, the thought of a 6 a.m. tea time is not really a thing. Like, it's just getting light usually, feels like. But, like, out here, it's more of a thing. So, you just fucking adjust your time schedule if you want, like, light at different parts of the day. But, like, in the winter... It's just not light that long. Like, right now it's light from, like, 6.30 to 4.30. Like, 10 hours. In the summer, it's light from, like, <clears throat> 5 a.m. to, like, 9. Like, just a lot longer. Like, 16 hours. Just, it just happens. <clears throat> All right, let's end with a couple of golf things. First, Eric Van Royen, uh, he won some tournament this weekend, whatever it was. But uh, he has a friend dying of cancer and kind of dedicated the win to him. And he gave a very heartfelt... Uh, um, speech at the end very emotional uh something to check out something to check out uh, but the news has been that the pga tour has been searching for some capital funding uh to get involved with the tour and you know kind of help fund the tour uh in light of the fact uh that they'd made this agreement with the pif the pif the saudi investment fund and the rumor is that the PGA Tours talks with the PIF have gone at basically nowhere. And there is a 1231 end date to that a framework agreement. It can be extended, and, you know, it may. But the tour has also been in touch with five groups about uh, coming on and providing investment. Uh, the Fenway Sports Group, which owns uh, Boston Red Sox. Where else is it? 
I took a look here. So the five groups, Fenway Sports Group, which is partnered with investors Steve Cohen and Arthur Blank. Steve Cohen owns the Mets. Arthur Blank owns the uh, the Falcons. Liberty Strat Strategic Capital, Acorn Growth Companies, Eldridge Industries, and a group of influential in individuals being referred to as the Friends of Golf. Um, there was talks that Endeavor, uh, the group that owns WWE and UFC, might be involved. Doesn't seem to be the case. Um, so Fenway Sports Group, Boston Red Sox, Liverpool Football Club in the Premier League, uh, they just recently bought the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they are invested in Boston Common, which is the name of the team uh, Rory McIlroy is captaining in the soon-to-launch TGL Indoor Golf League. <coughs> By the way, they did a weird thing where Colin Morcow was like, oh, this is cooler than the Ryder Cup. Pretty fucking stupid. Like, that was what we ripped on Liv about. Like, if you idiots are going to do that shit too, like, that's dumb for you guys to do too. So, dumb. Uh Cohen and uh, Blank also bought TGL teams, I guess. Uh, Acorn Growth Companies, uh, which portfolio is largely built on defense and intelligence and aerospace industries. The military-industrial complex looking to get involved in the PGA Tour. Uh, former CEO of AAT&T, Randall Stevenson, is... Uh, among those that he was on the board of the PGA Tour and resigned uh, in s July, citing concerns about working with the Saudis. Uh, Liberty Strategic Capital is led by Steve Munchen, who was the Secretary of Treasury during the Trump administration. Uh, Eldred Industries, headed by Todd Bowley, who owns the Dodgers, as well as part of a consortium that purchased the Premier League's Chelsea Football Club. And the Friends of Golf feature a number of financial titans with a shared love of the game, including Wall Street legends George Roberts and Henry Kravis. Don't know who any of them are. So, very interesting that there seems to be no, no movement with the Tour and the PIF. Um, and it says here that that uh, deadline to the framework deal is expected to be pushed deep into 2024. Uh but very interesting that if the PGA Tour goes out and finds funding elsewhere, away from the Saudis, which it seems like they're trying to do, obviously, and something they may want to do, that means the war picks back up. Like, Liv is going to go back to trying to poach people. And, you know, that's a whole other thing. I think it would have been better if this ended and, you know, it, this this war and fight could go away and you get the guys playing on the same tour again. Um if it, if it kind of heats back up again, how much do the Saudis want to just keep pouring into this? Like, I know they've got what seems like an unlimited bank account, but, like, and I guess if it's just not that much in the grand scheme of things, but they they, they had shown throughout the, you know, this year that they kind of pulled back the reins a little bit. Do they just want it? Like, Liv is making no money. None. Like, do they just want to keep doing it? They've sold none of these teams, while the TGL has sold all their teams. Which is weird. Like, how does one do it and the other doesn't? Like, maybe they just don't want live. I don't know. Maybe there's, you know, a freeze out. It's interesting. It's interesting to see if this will wrap up. I think the sooner it's all over, the better. Um, I don't think it'd be a terrible thing if if live went away. And I mean, the Saudi public investment fund is going to be out there. Uh, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. There's uh, there's a lot in the air still. I mean, we did. Uh, an emergency pod the day it happened and you know the general consensus was uh from some of us and that was we don't know what's going to happen and we still don't fucking know and that was over five months ago we we're going to do a u.s open preview and we ended up doing that instead so who knows man who knows all right let's go wrap this thing up closing time everybody uh just want to say thank you to everybody uh thank you guys gals maybe i don't know if there's any women uh, the roommate. Uh, just thank you to everybody who's out there watching, listening, hanging out. I appreciate all you guys for, for all the support. So thank you so much. Uh, as always, thank you to producer Kevin. Uh, you know, get this thing put together for me every week. So thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. Um, back next week, more football. Uh, we're going to we're feel some fallout from Penn State, Michigan. You know, maybe there's going to be more golf, you know, insight out here. Who knows? 
um, more hockey. Uh, we'll just be getting a, you know, a little check in there. So, as always, thank you to everybody. I'm back next week. Loving it. Looking forward to more. Get your liquid IV, 20% off, promo code OWH. Till then, peace. Uh-huh.